Hello and welcome to Wide World of Fan Fiction, where fan fiction is treated as the high art form that it is. The purest form of literature. And today, to celebrate Women's History Month slash Woman in Construction Week, because yes, I did Google that, um... Did you know there's Bob the Builder erotic fanfiction? <laughs> She's starting off the month with that. Hell yeah, I am! <laughs> you didn't expect it, it, it to come this soon. <laughs> this Bob the Builder erotic fanfiction... I didn't think it was real. Is called Mobile Crane by One Thousandth Ghost. And this might be the only serious Bob the Builder fanfic in existence. But really, Bob and Wendy have loads of sexual tension. This wet this was only a matter of time. Wendy is half unclothed and stuck in a barn with Bob. And Bob still can't figure out. Only tea. It's romance. There's 3,721 words, and it was published in on December 23rd, 2011, and it is complete. And here is Mobile Crane. This story is dedicated to Bobby, duh, the king of Bob, the king of Bob the Builder, who dragged me to the live show six years ago, which I totally enjoyed. You can walk me home in the pouring rain, but don't put your hands on my mobile crane, Wendy, blonde-haired gal in a hard hat, Wendy's. <laughs> Bob the Builder had a girlfriend. I did. I remember that because. I did a lot of babysitting, and I, I, I it, memories. <laughs> the only serious Bob the Builder fan fiction. <laughs> what was I supposed to be doing this month to find out? Oh, that's not important right now. Let's get sexy with Bob the Builder. Okay. It had been a busy day, but wasn't it always? She had worked on building the new road, and he had worked on fixing the new barn, and they had worked together to get muck out of the mud. They had fallen in the mud, too, and he offered her a hand and helped her to her feet, and they were an inch apart when Muck commented on how silly they looked, and they all laughed and went home. But didn't they always... Good night, then, Bob, she called, waving. If he caught the irony in her voice, the frustration over his obliviousness, he did not indicate it. Good night, Wendy, he replied, waving back. If she caught the self-loathing in his voice, the disgust at not having the gumption to make this night different, she did not indicate it. They closed their doors. But didn't they always? <laughs> Always. <laughs> well, the builder is at it here. Always. <laughs> Wendy didn't mind. Not really. Sometimes she dreamt about him, and sometimes she wished that they were together, and sometimes it almost seemed as if they were. But she knew that he felt 
but she knew that he felt the same. Oh, there are too many signs, too many moments. He must have felt somewhat the same, and that was enough to get by. It seemed so natural. Bob the Builder and his Wendy, could they fix it? Well, of course they could. <laughs> they were the perfect team, <laughs> matching each other's skills, working together to get the job done. They were with each other practically at all times. It had been that way for years, but now in Sunflower Valley, living in separate trailers mere feet apart from one another. She sighed and re began to remove her green work shirt. It made the unspoken kitchen so much harder to ignore. He looked out his window at her bedroom window, as he did every night, and mentally cursed himself, as he did every night. It would be so easy. How many countless opportunities had he had to make a move? Ask her to lunch, ask her to watch a movie in his trailer, ask her if she noticed how much he wanted her. He almost had once. The annual line dance had been more than the perfect opportunity. He hadn't even noticed that it was windy at first, only that she was cute. Fine, mighty fine, and their mutual arousal was almost palpable. <laughs> that must have been an uncomfortable line dance. She had all but told him that she would be his, and yet he walked her home and left her with nothing but a kiss. Blown from the builder's yard when she was far away at her upstairs bedroom. Does Wendy have a two-story trailer? What? Okay. Good, I'm distracted now. Also, I, also, I sound like a horse. <laughs> we'll talk about that bedroom window. We'll get to that later. Her bedroom window, which had been in her own house, but okay, back when they lived in Bobsville, not the bedroom window of her trailer. See, they've clarified. Good, 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 a good writer. Good, good job. That's with the ghost. Which he had taken to staring at night after a disappointing night. The bedroom window, which he saw in a shock, she had neglected to close the curtains over. His eyes grew wider and wider as more and more of her skin was Exposed. The long-sleeved cotton shirt, the same one he had seen day after day as she helped him with all sorts of manual labor, was being pulled up her taut stomach, higher and higher until the bright red of the underside of her bra was exposed. Then he quickly turned from the window, ashamed of himself. She's, she's windy, pilchard, he explained to his cat. Pilchard meowed neither a reprimanding, encouraging, or completely apathetic manner. I can't look at her like this. It's not right. And besides, he ran a hand through her short brown hair and stared inconsequentially inconse at the spot vaguely between Pilchard and the door. She would never speak to me again if she caught me. Bob went back to the window, determined to shut his own curtains, but let, his, but let his eyes creep to her window one more time. She was already dressed in a nightgown, pink of all things, with short sleeves that only went halfway down her shoulders, and something that looked like lace or bows or ruffles running down the middle. He stared, transfixed, mouth slightly agape. The fact that her red bra showed through the thin material did not help matters. It was so, so pretty, girlish, really feminine. Not that she wasn't feminine. He had seen her dressed up on a few occasions and was always thrilled when she could shed her builder's garb and become the blonde-haired beauty hidden underneath. Even while moving heavy loads and nailing boards, she wore red earrings and kept her hair secured with a red elastic and a perky, 
high ponytail that swayed as she worked. Worked. Oh, no! he shouted, startling Pilcher, who leapt away into the darkness of the trailer. When I was working on the oven in the barn today, I forgot to turn it down. He rushed out to the, excuse me, to the builder's yard, and, but no, should he? Yes, he decided, for all he knew, the barn was on fire. <laughs> Bob the Builder, did he, did they have insurance? Bob the Builder, he needed her help. Wendy, he called, pounding on her door urgently. Bob? He heard her muffled reply from inside. Come here, quick. The door flew open, and there she was, one arm attempting to work its way into the sleeve of a hot pink and light pink striped Terry robe. What's wrong? No time! He grabbed her hand, she cried. Oh! Ignoring her astonishment at the sudden contact, she pulled her down the tr he pulled her down the trailer stairs and took off running when they reached the bottom. Bob, what's going on? The oven, he panted. She continued trying to maneuver her way into her robe, still with only one arm in, an impossible feat since he was continuing to clasp her hand in his. It flapped wildly behind her, and the sash flipped forward and tangled around her ankle. She stumbled slightly, and he turned and reached his free arm in front of her to steady her. Inadvertently caught between his arms, she stared up at him and waited for him to— well, Surely, he would do something— and he did hastily remove her robe and cast it to the ground, but only to say, Leave it! I left the oven in the barn on high! Well, that was certainly more pressing than any possible and realistically improbable romantic situations. This time she took off running, pulling him along. The sunflower barn was equipped with a special oven to dry the seed, and Bob had been men mending it that day. But if he had left it turned all the way up, the result could be disastrous. The barn wasn't far, and soon they could see its outline in the dusk. Wendy could also see that Bob had been stealing glances at her, and she wished more than ever that she had her robe on, or had worn more appropriate nightclothes. She was acutely aware of how flimsy the cotton was, and painfully aware of how running without a sports bra <laughs> Yes! Yes, someone finally said it! She <laughs> noticing his wondering eyes again. How it must look! The barn, thankfully, was not on fire, but when they wrenched open the devil doors, a blast of scorching heat let them know that the sunflowers inside were definitely in danger. Wendy resisted the urge to call him an idiot for forgetting to turn the oven down when he was done with it, and instead rushed ahead into the barn. She gasped, she grasped onto the knob of the oven and let out a sharp exclamation of pain when the metal touched her skin. Give me your robe, she called over her shoulder. Are you still thinking about your robe? He asked incredulously, walking to her and placing it in her outstretched hand. Well, he didn't leave that behind. I don't think decency is really important in a time like this. Wendy rolled her eyes and, wrapping her hand on the robe, turned the oven down to the correct temperature. Oh. Well, now the time like this is over, so I think I will resume decency. Decency. Decency, she said disdainfully, unless you object. Uh, he held up his hands as, as if to say, Both well, of course, you can use my robe, and I have absolutely no intelligent way to respond to that. Wendy shoved her arms into the sleeves and belted the heavy wool robe tightly, ensuring it covered practically everything below her neck. You know we have to stay here to make sure the temperature goes back to normal, right? She did, and she also knew that the, the oven would not work unless the barn doors were closed. Wordlessly, they walked back to the entrance of the barn. She looked... 
She took one side of the sliding doors and he the other, and they walked towards each other until the doors and their hands met in the middle. Oh, um, Bob stuttered. Wendy dared to move her hand to the tiniest bit closer to his. We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to wait in here for a while, Bob, she murmured, hoping he would take the hint. She would never know, for the elephant suddenly banged to life and they jumped apart from the crash. After a pause, Bob offered, we could sit. And Wendy responded, yes, sitting would be nice. They slid down to the floor, backs against the door and legs outstretched. Well, Wendy said with a sigh, at least we got here in time. Bob laughed good-naturedly. I didn't think we would with you carrying on about that robe. If you had just told me what the emergency was instead of dragging me haphazardly across the valley in the dark, then you still would have fussed with your robe, he smirked. Possibly, but I would have gone faster. She folded her arms over her chest. I just didn't want to do anything inappropriate, that's all. Well, I wouldn't make you do anything inappropriate, he said uncertainly. And he realized how suggestive his confused statement had come out and blushed, although it was hardly detectable in the scorching heat. It doesn't matter, she said hurriedly, blushing at herself. I have your robe now. Um, right. A minute or so of awkward silence passed in which Wendy crossed and then recrossed her legs, and Bob tugged at the collar of his blue-striped nightshirt. Woo-wee, he finally exclaimed. It's hotter than blazes in here. And he undid the top two buttons of his nightshirt, pushed the sleeves down some, and wiped the sweat from his forehead. Wendy covered her mouth in surprise from his now visible chest and biceps. Muscle buildup from the heavy manual labor he did seemingly effortlessly was evident, and from how comfortable he appeared to be with the exposure. Aren't you roasting in that thing? Of course she was roasting. What a pointless question. She considered not scolding him for its obviousness, but, it, but that was unable. Of course I'm roasting. What a pointless question. <laughs> and she complained farther, if you had remembered to turn the oven down when you were done with it, we wouldn't be stuck here in the first place. Oh, Wendy, he groaned. I know this is all my fault. You know how absent-minded I am. Why, I'd fall apart if I didn't have you running things for me. She had to laugh at that. It was absolutely true, and she couldn't really fault his forgetful nature. But roasting in that robe is not my fault, he cracked a smile. That's just you being stubborn. Uh, yes, but, but, well, you saw what I was wearing. Yeah, exactly, I already saw it, so what does it matter if I see it again? Wendy fiddled fearfully with the sash, so he added, I'm a grown man, Wendy. What do you think? It'll tease you? No, I mean, she sighed, I'm your business partner. I'm a construction worker and one heck of an organizer to boot. And I don't want you thinking any less of me. Just because you're wearing pink lingerie? Wendy giggled in spite of herself. You know I never do that. Incredibly self-conscious that he was watching her every move, she untied the slash and slipped the heavy robe off. You're staring, she accused. Oh, he chuckled nervously. <laughs> Sorry. He proceeded to intently look straight ahead. And although slipping in a silence would have been so much easier, she felt she had to explain herself. You're different than other guys, you know that, Bob. I mean, look at me. He didn't. I look like such a stereotype. Blonde hair and a high ponytail wearing pink lingerie? How could anyone take me seriously like this? Her eyes hardened. Well, they can't. All the guys I've ever dated, I was just a bombshell to them. But I can operate the machinery and mix cement and run your office blindfolded. She placed her hand tenderly on his shoulder. You let me be a builder without noticing I'm a girl. Thank you. <laughs> then she removed her hand, realizing how dejecting her words really were. 
you never notice I'm a girl. Her last statement was said more to herself than to him, but he heard it anyway. What do you do at night, Wendy, he asked, after we say good night, I mean. Wendy sighed, watch TV, go to bed. Me too, maybe sometime we could watch TV together. Ken exactly meant to say it and was about to immediately take it back, but she said faintly, I'd like that, Bob, and he decided his momentary courage might have been a good thing. He turned to her. Could this, he wondered, finally be the moment? But gasped at her appearance. Not her tie, but her skin flushed alarmingly red. She was sweating profusely, and her eyes seemed unfocused. Wendy, Wendy, are you all right? he asked anxiously. Just a little light-headed is all. She attempted to brush a strand of hair out of her face, but her hand fell limply to her side. I suppose the robe overheated me somehow. Some, Wendy, you're burning up. He touched her forehead and she moaned slightly. Oh, we've got to get you out of this thing right now. She hardly resisted, resisted except to warn Bob. Threateningly, as he slid the material down her shoulders, suddenly buckets of rain could be heard pounding the barn roof. Good, Wendy stated. That'll cool this place down in no time. She was already feeling much better, perhaps because of the way his fingertips drifting down her sides as he moved the nightgown away caused little shivers to run down her spine. He could only manage to remove the dripping cotton to her waist before his hands and mind froze. In her everyday construction clothing, it was easy to overlook, but now there was no way to overlook how her breasts, spilling out of her red bra, heaved in front of his face as she attempted to gulp down the newly cooling air. Wendy, he breathed, and his words caused goosebumps as they ghosted across her chest. <laughs> she looked at him briefly, then dropped her eyes to his own bare chest. You're lovely. His breath hitched as she pressed his mouth to the spot where her, where he neck joined her shoulder. Come on, he then said completely matter-of-factly. Let's get you home. She blinked. He couldn't possibly be serious. She was half unclothed. He had kissed her as if he wanted her, and still no progress was going to be made. But she sighed and allowed him to help her to her feet, nonchalantly stepping out of the nightgown as it, as it fell to her ankles. She was used to it, pathetically used to it. He had kissed her once on the cheek, but still. After he had brought his twin brother home for Christmas, and even though she had, he did have a twin brother, didn't what a throwback. And even though she had been sure it had meant something, he never mentioned the occasion, the occasion again. He never mentioned any other countless occasions again. And there were countless. Never mind. It could end like every other fruitless night, and she could nurse the memories into the next, into the next nearly romantic occasion. She didn't even care if it was pathetic. She wanted to jump and punch the air and sheer girlishly, even as she stood motionless in her red bra and matching panties. He put his arm around her waist and her heart left again, and he opened one of the sliding doors and escorted her outside. The warm rain was a welcome relief from the sweltering barn, sweltering barn, and she tipped her head back as they walked. When they had traveled for a few minutes, he stopped and unbuttoned his shirt the rest of the way. Bob? she stammered. But he only opened the shirt to her and said, I just realized how we would look if anyone saw us. Wendy giggled and held her arms out so he could help her into the sleeves. Now who's concerned with decency? He winked, standing only in his pajama pants, put his arm back around her waist without giving her a chance to button the shirt, and resumed walking. Maybe I just don't want anyone but me to know how lovely you are. They were quiet the rest of the brief walk, and soon he was leading her up the steps to her trailer. 
There you go, Wendy, she sighed, home sweet home. They had had this exact conversation the night of the line dance. Oh, to stop the dissatisfying repetitiveness. Sorry, I wasn't more careful with the oven, he apologized, and I'm sorry I dragged you into this mess, but I needed your help. You always need my help, she smiled, and it'll always be here to give it you know, always be here to give it to you. He removed his arm from her waist and twiddled his fingers timidly. Promise? I let you move me way out here to Sunflower Valley to live in a trailer, didn't I? She said laughingly. You can move halfway around the world and I'd still follow you. She stopped, suddenly shy, and looked at the ground. I think we, I think we need each other. And then I put a gust of wind balloon the open shirt behind her. Huck and went up fast. The shirt settled down around her elbows. <laughs> Damn, what a gust of wind! <laughs> leave, leave. Just say goodnight and leave. It's my scream. But darn it, his girl was standing in the pouring rain in her underwear and his shirt, and he would not let himself miss this opportunity. <laughs> he closed his eyes and heard it come towards her, but she put her hand on his shoulders to stop him. Wait, Pop, I don't. She saw his crestfallen expression and immediately started. No, no, it's not that. I, d I don't want this. It's just, I don't want this because I'm dripping wet in my underwear. I'm a blonde-haired girl in a hard hat. <laughs> you can't romance me. Take me to places and buy me things and call me and walk me home. But don't try to make a monkey out of me. Don't go easy on me at work. Don't put your hands on my... She let the sentence trail off. She knew what she was going to say, but discovered that she was trying to be ambiguously seductive. Mobile crane. <laughs> I thought he could beat that. Then you didn't say I couldn't put my hands elsewhere. This time, when he wrapped an arm around her waist and forced their lips together, she didn't have a chance to discourage him. Not that she wanted to. His other hand reached out and took hold of her breast, and she clutched his shoulders, pressing their naked torsos together to keep from falling over in shock. He needed her through the red cup, pausing to massage the exposed flesh above it. Then he dipped his fingers into her cleavage and scooped her breast out. <laughs> her nipple hardened in the sudden cold and rain, and he rolled it between his thumb and forefinger before encapsulating her entire breast in his palm again and squeezing firmly. Her eyes slid shut and a whimper deepened into a moan as his tongue entered her open mouth. He caressed her tongue tenderly, then viciously, and she was thrilled and surprised that the normally placid man knew exactly how to please her. When he finally released, she murmured, I don't want to go I don't want to go back to how things were. I don't want you to think this is because of the heat of the moment or the hectic situation or how you look. He spoke stolidly, and she wondered if he had heard her. I've wanted to do this for such a long time. And what happens tomorrow, she asked somewhat resentfully. Tomorrow? Do we say good morning and build the shelves from Mr. Bentley's garage and laugh at whatever stupid thing the trucks do and forget it never happened? Bob looked utterly perplexed. Why on earth would I want to forget tonight ever happened? Wendy appeared to shrink in on herself. Because you're always... Tomorrow I'm going to kiss you good morning and carry out whatever jobs we have with you by my side and buy you dinner and take you back to my trailer to he winked. Watch TV. To watch TV, she reiterated, knowing that he was teasing her. Something about mobile cranes, he said with half-lidded eyes. Then he kissed her quickly and walked back to his own trailer. 
Good night, then, Bob. Good night, Wendy. Wendy closed her door, jumped, and punched the air, and cheered girlishly. <laughs> that was that was Mobile Crane. If you're counting, there's only one misspelling, but you know. There were some really impressive vocabulary words, and that was really structurally sound. And obviously, the, what was it? One thousand ghosts really did have probably as experienced writings like this, because that was some solid smut. <laughs> what else? Bob the Builder. Oh, and they have Bible quotes. What? The, what a conflicted person. Oh, they're a Hey Arnold fan. Oh, oh, they do a lot of Disney stuff, books, and a, a bunch of random stuff. Oh, SpongeBob fan fiction. Oh, so. Oh, and they really want a second Hey Arnold movie, aka uh, the Jungle movie, in which Helga and actually got together. Go right now. <laughs> I remember that. No, I am so old. Update. The Jungle Movie is going to exist. <laughs> Come on, we should read the Jungle Movie. Good job, hey Arnold fans. Now my only message to the world is to love Jesus. Oh, oh, and they have a Disney game. A lot of innocent stuff. And also, Bob the Builder porn. They also have that. So, if you like Bob the Builder porn and... Nostalgia. <laughs> Check out 1000th Ghost on fanfiction.net and that was Wide World of Fanfiction. Yeah. I'm blonde. I'm in my underwear and I'm wearing a hard hat in the rain. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I didn't think this exists, but it does, and I love it. <laughs> okay, so that, this was Wide World of Fan Victim. Thank you for listening, and if you also have Bob the Builder smut, I will <laughs> sponsorships like maybe the source one book club at c2e2 and i will be at c2e2 i'm not telling you what i'm going as but if i do see a bob the builder and wendy cosplay i'm i, I might ask you for a photo and to pose erotically <laughs> you're welcome i found this for you uh thank you for listening have a wonderful day and uh Okay, if I if I get five listeners, I might give you a hint at what I'm going as. Bye. <laughs>